Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Gwinnett, it's time for Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by Computer Design and Integration. Good morning and welcome to Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business leaders from Atlanta and the surrounding communities. Silver Lining in the Cloud is brought to you by CDI Managed Services, who recently was recognized by the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce as February's Business of the Month. CDI Managed Services specializes in IT infrastructure solutions, support, and cloud computing. I'm Dominic Rainey, and I'll be hosting today's show. We have three business leaders with us in the studio this morning. From the German-American Cultural Foundation, we have their chairman, Jürgen Genske. And uh, Jürgen also is the president of Kuhn Nagel. And uh, he's there in Atlanta. And uh, also representing the German-American Cultural Foundation is one of their founders and vice president, Rudy Herbst. Rudy also is involved with uh, his own company, as the chairman of United Soft Plastics Group of Companies. Thank you. Welcome, gentlemen. And also our, our third guest is uh, Michael McFarland. He is with a company called Grandview. Welcome, gentlemen, to the show. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to be with us this morning. All right, so Jürgen, why don't you kick it off and tell us a little bit about your organization, the German-American Cultural Foundation, and what you guys do there. Well, the German American Culture Foundation was founded in 2008. It's a non-profit organization. It's dedicated to promoting and preserving the uh, German uh, languages and the cultures here in the Southeast. And of course, also to support institutions uh, with a similar goal. We are, uh, the team is a, we are a team of forward-thinking business leaders, mostly representing German companies or companies with very, very strong ties to Germany. Um, and the foundation strives to strengthen the transatlantic um, relationship by um, advancing intercultural awareness and know-how between German-speaking countries, uh, obviously Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and the U.S., um, through the support of educational activities, community events, and arts. I mean, don't forget, just in Atlanta, there are more than 52,000 German living here, um, and more than 800 uh, uh, companies. I mean, the, the German-American Chamber is, is a very well-known, very well-respected, and they're focusing on the business, while we are focusing on cultural events um, here in the Southeast, or mainly in Atlanta. Oh, great, great. Uh, how, so how did this evolve? How did it come about? How did it get started? Was Rudy behind this? Yes. <laughs> Uh, Rudy yeah. seems to be behind everything. <laughs> no. uh, hello, everybody. Good, uh, good morning, everybody. Rudy Herbst. Uh, my name again is uh, Rudy Herbst. I'm uh, one of the founder of the German American Cultural Foundation, and um, it started all about in 2008, 2009, where we had a discussion with our former general consulate, uh, Hans-Jörg Brunner, uh, the former president and CEO of Porsche Cars North America, and. Um, the actual uh, chairman and president and and uh, CEO of Echo uh, in in Duluth, and uh, it was about how we can as a, as a German community, since there are so many Germans in in the city and and, and around the city, how we can help uh, cultural um, organizations, how we can uh, implement the language better, and and how we can have a a better understanding on the American side, what Germans are doing, what is the good stuff out of Germany. 
Okay. So we had that idea. Uh, there was another lady, Terry Simmons, with uh, uh, Arnold Golden Gregory. So we were sitting together. It took a couple of months to, to start everything, and, and now we're here and having an, a nonprofit organization and, and, and trying to help the community. Okay. So, okay, guys, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your recipients and uh, some of the future projects and activities that are going on with the. I mean, one of the main uh, recipients is obviously the, the Goethe Institute here in Atlanta. and. The, the, the challenge they have, obviously, you know, they don't get any fundings like they did many, many years ago, you know, from the German government. Mm -hmm. So they had a really big challenge, you know, to, to raise, you know, funds to even survive. Mm -hmm. So we as a business leader, we said we have to support the Goethe Institute. I mean, they have to survive in a market here in Atlanta. So they're the ones um, who receive most of the funds we're collecting from, from our members because the Goethe Institute... I mean, obviously, them, their main goal is to, to uh, uh, provide German classes, you know, to the community in all, in, all, in all kind of levels. But on the other side, they also do a lot of other events. I mean, I've just been to one recently, which was really cool. It's a, a, a classical uh, piano dwelling um, event um, here downtown at the Rialto. It was very well received. I mean, and they, do, they invite speakers. They had one not too long ago um, where the father was a a spy in Eastern Europe and it was also, I mean, it was, they couldn't, uh, they had to stop um, accepting more and more uh, guests because it was so, um, so well received as well. Mm. And they do movie events, they do even Bundesliga um, on Saturdays, so they're heavily involved and they have a very, very well organized uh, team, but obviously, you know, they're just lacking funds and, and here we are supporting them a lot. And there's also Kennesaw University is another big recipient where they're also heavily engaged and they want to offer more German classes, but they're all very limited and they, their budgets are all always, you know, um, very, very slim. So they need, you know, every penny they can get, you know, and if it's just adding, you know, a couple of hours of, uh, you know, res for, uh, for resources, that makes a huge difference. Hmm. And projects, um, what we do throughout the year, we don't want to do too many. I mean, we're also, I mean, we are a limited team, so we cannot do a kind of a monthly events. But the main ones are, we just had one, which is the, the Feuerzangbole, extremely well received. It's, it's a very special thing in Germany. It's, it's, um, you, you have it at the winter time. Um, it's a hot drink, and we had it at the, at the beer garden here. Okay. And, and then we, we, have, um, we have a golf event, um, which is a pretty standard event. We had now for many, many years. We have a Lederhosen run or Oktoberfest run. Um, and this is pretty fun, I must say. It's going to be in October, on October the 2nd, if I believe. And uh, it's going to be downtown and where people can run in their, I don't know, in their, yeah, in their Lederhosen or in their traditional German outfit. And uh, it's a 5K. We might even consider it a 10K. So that's also a very cool event. And the highlight um, will be something, but I'll talk to this um, on the next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so may, uh, may, may I add yeah, a little really? bit to uh, to recipients? I think besides of some of the German organizations like the Goethe Institute, the German School, I think we also supported um, some others like Kennesaw, uh, Jürgen mentioned, but we also did like Atlanta Technical College, uh, we did Moorhouse College. We did, um, I would say, eight to nine schools in the metro Atlanta area where we implemented German classes, even French classes, worked together also with the Alliance Francaise. 
So um, we, we, we try to help people outside, even if they are not so close, whereas an international school like Beaufort, Gainesville, where they have a chance to get a second culture for their kids. So that's what we initiated as well last year for six to eight schools in the metro Atlanta area. And then with the colleges, we had, for example, we had a... Um, at, at the beginning, we had like one person we took out of technical college. We sent him to Germany with the, with the former mayor of Atlanta, Shirley Franklin. And um, he ended up being a great student at Kennesaw. He was dressed different. He was living different. And, and it was really amazing to see how you can turn people's life if you activate a little bit with interest and, and funds and something like that. It was really amazing. I mean, spe yeah, especially the exchange program, this is something we also want to focus on. I mean, we want to have more and more Americans actually going overseas. Um, and, you know, it's just about also, you know, providing the, the funds for that. I mean, just imagine, you know, there's no other country where there are more flights from Atlanta to. I mean, there are five flights a day to Germany. Most people don't even realize, you know, it's more than to, to any other country. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot of, you know, interaction between, between uh, both countries. And we want to give, give students who might not have the, 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 uh, the financial um, means to, to uh, be able to, to experience a totally different culture. It must be an interesting twist to try to, uh, you know, the, to, to have the funds and then how to portion out the funding uh, for the activities and the events. Uh, it was totally, f mostly funded by uh, businesses, corporate or uh, private or individuals as well as your projects? Yeah, I think as we started, the, the, the first idea was to fund it like through um, corporate German-American companies, mm -hmm. okay? I think today we're also going the route that we say we, we need more fundraiser. Like like Jürgen said, we have the Lederhosen run. We have that um, We have that in the future we want to maybe implement a Chris Kindle market. So, so we have a couple of ideas to say we need more fundraising, from the outside, but we have a strong core right now. It's about 30 big companies, more on the on the on the on the German side, who contribute with Swiss donation every year, and uh, which are our main patrons. And um, there are also many many Americans like Merrill Lynch. There are SunTrust. There is a is a is a Riddle, It's Porsche. It's Siemens. Echo. So so there are many many out there who want to help us. And we attract more and more. So you have some great big corporate sponsors behind this as well. Yes, uh, What kind of uh, team, staff, does it take to, uh, to drive the activities and the projects? If, if you start something like that, you have limited funds. It's the same like building up an, an, an own company. Yeah. The, the, we said we are non, non, um, a non-profit. We don't want to spend anything for staff right now. So there is like a core of 20 of those business leaders who really spend their own time. We, can, we meet sometimes like twice a week in, in midtown, downtown to have meetings, to arrange everything. We have, we have an outsourced half stuff, but that's what it is. Everything else we, we, we do by our own and we spend our time. And it's really like more enthusiastic on, on yeah. We, we like to do that and, and, and I this think- This is fun for you. And, and it's fun, and people people see that, and, and that's why they join us even more. Mm -hmm. I think we're very we're very passionate because we believe one day it will take off. I mean, it it's not there where we want it to be, but I think we're we're heading in, in the right direction. Um, and and we're also very business business people. I mean, we're all we're all uh, flying you know around all over the world, and uh, but we will find enough time you know to dedicate um, 
enough resources to 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 this uh, project um because you know we we believe you know there's so much more you you can do and uh yeah, and we have more and more companies also. You know, they like what what they see, and uh, and I think you know with the with a strong German community here in this market, I think we're we're getting um, great great traction. Busy people yeah. get things done. <laughs> yeah, they I always seem so. to find more time and more. They make it work. So it's just having the I mean, desire, and, right? And and I think an additional advantage. Let me say that for the southeast of United States, everybody may thinks about is just Atlanta. I think if you go back the last 10, 15 years, Atlanta has grown dramatically. I think the whole Southeast has grown very much. We have, we have great companies out here. If you talk about the German, we have, we have a BMW in South Carolina, we have Mercedes in Alabama, we have Porsche right in town, we have Kia, we have, we have Hyundai, we have, uh, they were just signed up for, for, for um, Range Rover and, and, and Jaguar. We have VW around the corner. Mercedes just announced that they want to put the headquarters into the Atlanta area. And then besides of that, we have all these big American companies in town. Delta, very international. UPS is one of the biggest logistics companies in the world. Coca-Cola. So there's a lot of international activities. And we believe we have 55 international chambers here in town. We have we have many, many Japanese, Koreans. So so it's really great. And, and, and I think by having a second language, culture, or whatever, it helps kids to, to, to get a better perspective for the future and, and to see the opportunities this area has. Yeah, Atlanta is definitely a multi-international uh, uh, cultural uh, city, and uh, it's great to see what you guys are doing there at the uh, German-American Cultural Foundation. We're speaking with uh, Jürgen Genske. And he is the chairman, and uh, Rudy Herbst is the vice chairman, and these gentlemen are getting it done. So, guys, what are your biggest challenges as you look ahead down the road for the organization? I mean, the, the, biggest the biggest challenge, you know, I see is actually getting more visibility in the community. I think, you know, we also realized we had a, our annual event not too long ago downtown, and uh, and, and uh, we realized we have to do more uh, to be more visible. Um, you know, we have to do more marketing. So, I mean, obviously, you know, that, that also takes, you know, a different approach and uh, we have some ideas. So we have, actually, we have a big meeting now coming up this, this Friday, if the weather permits, um, and, um, and just talk about, you know, what is it we need to do to, you know, to be more, more um, yeah. visible in the market. And that's also why we are here today, you know, to get the name out and so people can get to get, go to the website and also see, you know, what are the activities we're planning. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the, the big, big thing, you know, we are planning for actually for this year, what I just mentioned is a Christmas market. I mean, there, there are so many actually in the US. Mm -hmm. And if you look around, you know, here in Atlanta, there are hardly any. I mean, you, you cannot compare, I mean, you can definitely not compare the one, you know, to in Chicago. It's almost a, a, a billion dollar turnover, what they, what they already have. But, but they also started this, I mean, so many, many years ago. But if, if you go to many other cities, they have such a sizable Christmas market and so many Americans. Be, being to Germany, okay. I mean, this is such a huge event. They, they, a Christmas market. I've been there not to. I mean, last last winter, just last December in Munich, it is different. And you know, oh, sure. the, the the atmosphere in this kind of a Christmas market. And we want to start small, mm -hmm. and it's a it's a family event. And uh, but you have the traditional, you know, the German drinks, the German, you know, sweets, uh, bakery stuff and everything. And uh, I tell you, there's so many Americans with German roots as well. Yeah. And, and many who have been overseas, you know, they will, they will love it. And so we want to grow it um, to a sizable level 
and I'm sure we, we're going to draw some attention, awareness, and hopefully also, you know, get the one uh, the other dollar, you know, to to support uh, colleges, universities here in the in the metro Atlanta area. That's great. That's great. Well, it's good to know that we don't necessarily have to drive to Helen, Georgia, to get a touch <laughs> of German uh, Thank you. culture, right? Thank so you. it's nice to know that it's going to be all around us here in the uh, in the Atlanta metro area. That's great, guys. So, uh, Rudy, tell us a little bit more about what's in store. What's uh, what's the vision uh, look like for you for the German American Cultural Foundation? Yeah, I think as a Jürgen said, I think is really that that we get a, a better visibility, that people know us better, and that we start with uh, with with solid fundraisers who really gives fun to the people, who, who really where people say, "I want to go back again." Okay, like a Chris Kindle market, we we have ideas like Tonsend in May. There there is several stuff which is which is in Europe, and 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 people don't know it or forgot about it. So we had like the Feuerzeug in Bole as the first time we had 100 people outcome and it was really great. We, we can make stuff in the future. I know the city Atlanta, they, they want to grow very fast in the future. They want to build like that, that train. In the, so I think there is a tendency also that, that people go more on the street again, meet together. And, and, and I think we see wins we have in mind, we have a good chance to, to bring that together and, 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 and combine both. So besides of that, sure, we want to get more more corporate sponsorship in there, and uh, we want to grow ourselves and, and 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 to make it more successful. Okay, great, Rudy Herbst and uh, Jürgen Genske, they're with the German American Cultural Foundation. Guys, tell our listeners how they can reach out to you and uh, get more information, find out what's coming up, and uh, get involved. I mean, the best way to, to, to connect, obviously, is, is, is through the website, where we have uh, all the uh, events posted. Um, we also w work very, very closely, you know, I mean, with, with, uh, with the Goethe Institute. I mean, people should also, you know, visit many events at the Goethe Institute. I mean, they have a lot of activities, you know, throughout the month. Mm -hmm. um, and what and is the uh, website? GAC-foundation.org. Org, yeah. Okay. Okay, I think we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. We're on several uh, Instagram, I think, um, on, on, on several others, but I okay. think that the best is like the web page and, and yeah. okay. since we don't really have stuff working out there. And All you right. can reach out to, uh, to us directly, straight, straight to us, you know, and we will respond right away. I mean, we're, we're a small team, so we can act very quickly. And, uh, and anyone who wants to, you know, has questions and wants to, wants to join us, I tell you, we will be very, very excited and we would invite them, you know, to our events so they meet us in, in person and to see, you know, what is our, you know, what, what are the future activities we're planning. And uh, we, we need any kind of resource, any kind of one, anyone, you know, who is willing to spend some time and uh, to help a, a great cause. Yeah, you're driving the marketing and the branding side <laughs> of it. That's good. We've got two uh, entrepreneurs here. We should uh, be very successful in doing that. That sounds really great. You've got me interested. That's for okay. sure. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, you've been listening to Silver Lining in the Cloud, brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Next up, we'll be talking with Michael McFarland. He is the CEO of a group called Grandview. Uh, Michael, good morning. Tell us a little bit about Grandview and uh, what your group does. Good morning. Making the easy transition from German culture to Grandview. Though we're big on beer gardens I'm ready and for, later hosen yeah, in the yeah, office, yeah, so yeah. not a... 
not too far <laughs> off. Be an easy transition to make. Uh, Grandview, we're comprised of a CPA practice, an investment advisory firm, an uh, insurance agency. We also have some uh, CFO for hire and uh, HR consulting uh, practice as well. Just bringing a, kind of a con- uh, collaborative approach on a, in a holistic advice that we give. Primarily, it's small business owner driven because they have a lot going on. I mean, they're the ones that have the, the QuickBooks issues or need the 401ks to be set up and buy sell agreements. I mean, they're the ones. Not like we don't have individual you know clients that we help, but it primarily uh, just to bring the full resources of the f- the firm to bear. Small business owners are typically who we who we can help the most, uh, just, you know, from start to finish, cradle to grave, get them up and going, get their, get their entity created and get their, their QuickBooks in order and get their 401k set up and getting all their defense in place. Cause a lot of them like to play offense. And then, uh, the succession planning going through the, the kind of the taxes on, on what that may look like, given what kind of entity they are and what they might net out and also working with the, uh, the wealth management guys on if, if that's enough to walk, you know, if the net proceeds are enough, enough for them to actually walk away uh, mm-hmm. from the business. So it's, it's kind of at any point we can step in and, and pick, up, pick it up and, and, and help them. But uh, a lot of it's just efficiencies for, for guys that are out there doing other things like their foundations like these guys, they, they have – Time's precious, and and they can come in, and they've got their CPA and their advisor, and everybody's sitting at one table. You knock out that meeting and go on doing whatever it is that they they'd be rather doing than talking about investments and insurance and taxes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a busy time of the year for you guys. It is. Yeah, we're glad you were able to take the time out today to stop by and see us, Uh, Michael. What? So what? uh, You know, there are other organizations in your in your industry. What makes you guys? Do you think unique or different or yeah, uh, it it is kind of having that, that. I hate to use the one stop shop type, but, but what really makes us unique is that we have the individual experts in each field. We've got the the CFPs, we've got the CPAs. We don't have, you know, one guy trying to do everything. We don't have a jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, you see that a lot in in the industry. You've got these Swiss Army advisors that oh, I can do all you know all things for all people, and we're really, really you know. Uh, careful not to to do that. We we've got our you know our risk management. He he sticks uh, to his knitting, and that's what he does. I don't know about cross purchase agreements and and buy sells like he does because that's his job. And the same with the uh, the CPA. I don't do I don't even do my own taxes. He he does all the the taxes for our clients, and I primarily ha- handle the uh, investment uh, decisions there. And it everybody just knows their role, and and you've got an expert. Per you know per per you know field um, versus just you know having one one guy who professes to be absolutely a well that's of, that's of the things. world we're in is specialization you know right and, and and that's great to see that you're doing it so it's really a holistic approach uh, you probably got a, an example of uh, maybe a story or an example of uh, someone that uh, yeah um, everybody's different in kind of the business life cycle so there's there's you know, different points they can come in, but the one that kind of sticks to my mind is we had a we had a client that had got a kind of an unsolicited offer, unsolicited offer um, on his business, and and they were growing, and and in whenever you get that, it, it number one, it it, uh, it completely knocks you off your 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 game and your momentum in your business because it's it's attractive, it's a lot of money, and and you you kind of take your focus off what made your business success because you want to, man, I want to kick the tires on this, on this deal, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking seven, eight figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of money and, and it kind of puts your business in a, 
in a bit of a, a stall pattern because you, you, I mean, it just it'll encompass all your time, and 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 so really, what we were able to do was kind of take that off the business owner's plate because they want the clarity: is this a good deal? Is this enough? What do, what do I need? So we were able to come in and uh, clean up the books, get some clean financial statements to the potential uh, buyer, then also work to say, all right, net tax what you'll what you'll garner. Um, this is what you know. This is what you can kind of look at because the the income the business generates goes you know goes away. So you've got to have enough there to recreate. So if you've got a you know, kind of a, a big monthly nut at the house, and you you know you've got to make sure that those two two jive. And uh, so we were able to kind of go get in there and say, all right, well this is what. And all it really does is give them give the clarity. It's like they still ultimately have to make the decision if that's enough. If they've had enough of those businesses, they they take anything because they're just ready to be done with it. Or uh, in a lot of these cases, these are young younger younger guys because these tech companies are very attractive to, mm-hmm. to a lot of folks. And um, so sometimes they don't know if they have another million dollar idea up in their heads. So they may need that money to last them a very long time. And so that's it's very wor- you know worrisome to. To think walking away from that business, can I live off that lump sum for the rest of my life? And and so, well, I think really what we brought was the clarity to say, okay, this is what you're going to net pro, this is what you're going to get, and this is what you can expect to generate off that money. And and I think that really just gives them leverage in the negotiation that they know anything above X price is good, and anything below X price is not good. And so they know then, all right, well, um, you know, 18 million is enough, or it's not enough, depending on what they're what they're spending at, at the house. And mm-hmm. so that's. Probably a good example of being able to work, uh, you know, all the all the entities working together to kind of solve a, a yeah. common common issue. Yeah, it's probably easier easier for a business owner in that situation to have someone looking at it, uh, you know, without the emotion and well, all that yeah. to be realistic about uh, what it's going to take. So when I win the lottery, I need to call <laughs> Grandview. That's right to to help me not spend it all. Uh, well, I can't. I can't. I mean that that's the biggest issue in our business. I can't control what the the clients do. They oh, pull okay. up to the the office in a Ferrari and ask me why they can't retire. I mean that's that's poor decisions on their part. I I can I, know, I can only give the advice. I know Rudy's in the cars, you know. So uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, cars, he's, right? he's listening he closely. Might show up soon, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's listening closely. Better not be driving a Toyota in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. We're talking to Michael McFarland. He is the CEO of Grandview, and uh, so Michael, uh, you know, what does a typical client What's the profile of a typical client? Well, like I said, mostly small business owners, usually two to ten million revenue. We've got some guys, you know, that are bigger than that, are in the fifty million dollar range, and, and there's not as many of those. And we've got guys that are not quite at the two million dollar range, but um, they're growing their businesses, and they've, they've, um, you know, that's that's really what you you want. Those those guys are the ones that are uh, r- really. You know, dynamic. They're they're growing. they you know, there's a lot to be 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 done, and it gets you excited working with these guys. Some of the ideas that they're doing, and some of the initiatives, and the things that they do in their business, even outside their business, they're just they're just exciting people to be around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really get, and you get oh, some yeah. own ideas to run your own business by being around them. You just kind of feed off of off of their energy and off their leadership skills and management and things that they do, and so you learn a lot uh, just by osmosis just being around those mm-hmm. guys so it's mm-hmm. it's exciting for us um yeah, yeah. but for the, for the most part there's no uh, i mean i never want to be the guy with you know any kind of minimums or any kind of I just you know just they they need to they they need to be able to take direction you know they sh- you know talk about it clients that will that will follow your advice you know they need to have a willingness uh, to invest or i mean those if you don't have a willingness to invest or take my advice you don't need me you know, that's <laughs> 
you, yeah. you can go do that on your own. Right. Uh, right. I, I want people that, that value our advice and our service. Yeah. Michael, what are, what are the what would you say are the most common mistakes that uh, owners make when they're planning for their retirement, when they're trying um, to figure it out? Typically, it's funny because they always think in terms of numbers and asset sizes, which they, that's not the way they run their business. Their business is completely run off cash flow because lack of cash flow is the number one reason small businesses fail, and they don't think of retirement planning as a cash flow equation. But at its root, that's exactly what it is. You've got to have enough cash coming in the house, in the front door to pay all the bills you know, that you've got to run your, your household. It's a cash flow equation, and it, it it's the same as running their business. It's not you know, it's, it's not the amount of plastics I might accumulate. It's what I can sell them for. What can I cash flow that business off? Anybody can go buy a bunch of, you know, you know, raw materials and sit on them. But, you know, your ability to take that raw material and turn it into a product and, and sell it, that's cash flow. And, and that's it's not the asset. And a lot of people think it in terms of I got to accumulate, you know, accumulate assets. Um, and, and it's not you need cash flowing assets is what you need. Those are the ones, you know, that continue to pay. I mean, it. Just having an asset is not going to do you a whole lot of good. Um, in, in the few, I, I don't want to get off on a tangent on gold or some other things gold. that people buy, but it's like it's cash flowing assets are the ones that are, are going to you know pay the bills even in the the worst times, volatility things like yeah, that. Yeah, Michael McFarland, uh, CEO at Grandview, and uh, we're talking about financial planning for business owners that want to move their companies and. Look to the future. So what do business owners need to plan for when their, you know, existing businesses, uh, you know, are uh, looking to, you know, going to the next phase? Um, well, on the succession planning kind of stuff, it, there's, a, there's a lot of different factors they think that they don't think of at the time. There's um, uh, in, in the type of entity that you have has a huge has a huge effect on the kind of taxation that you're going to receive when you're when you're selling it, um, but but a lot of like just succession planning. If you've got a partner, a lot of folks buy sell agreements. They don't they don't have those funded. They have the agreement, but there's no money in there to actually pay if the the partners one of them predeceases the other and the spouses do money. There's no money to to pay them. Um, so you see a lot of you see a lot of that um, and and. Kind of the common mistake we really see, uh, and this is every small business out there, and probably myself included, uh, you, you run a lot of things through the business, and um, and you come to your CPA wanting them to make you look like, you know, you're you're broke because you don't want to pay Uncle Sam. So you, your financials, you don't look as maybe as healthy as you may be because you don't want to pay taxes. And then when it comes to the succession, and the the buyer wants to see the books, and you're looking like you're broke because you're not paying taxes. Sure enough, the buyer's like, "Well, you're broke, man. You know, this thing's not worth as much as you may think." So you, you know, you run fifty thousand dollars through your company, and you're getting a five times multiple. That that vacation really costs you about two hundred fifty thousand dollars because you know that's built in. And so that and it also comes even for a young business, they do that, uh, and that affects them getting loans at the bank and things. They they make themselves don't you know not not as profitable because they don't want to pay the taxes and then when they take it to a banker because they need you know capital to, to finance a new you know expansion and the banker looks at the the numbers and like man that's you know i'm not i'm not giving money to this guy and so it, it that's a double-edged sword a lot of a lot of the times that uh the the number one you know uh, the number one thing they're trying to avoid all the time is you know i don't want to pay i don't you know try to let's see what we section 179 depreciate now let's see what we can do and then when they need the, the loan or when it's time to show the financials to a buyer, it's, it, it's not as robust because you've been doing that. So 
Uh, but there's a fine line between that yeah, uh, yeah. and when you want to do that. But. Yeah. Okay, Michael, that's good information. Uh, you know, so if I'm a business owner and I'm thinking about uh, selling my company, um, how does it, how do I work with you guys? How does it, how does it work with Grandview? Do you do a, an upfront, uh, how does it, you know, it, yeah, just assessment? Yeah, it just kind of depends. Because um, a lot of the times on these, these the succession type plan deals, a lot of them, um, Sometimes it's the, the, the you've got plenty of time to think about it, and you're you know, you've got some sort of transition thing in mind. Uh, a lot of times we see it's the unsolicited unsolicited offer from the competitor or the vendor or whatever that walks into your lobby one day and's like, "How much you want for it?" And you don't know, you don't even have a clue. You're like, uh, you know, you, you haven't even thought about it, uh, and that's where. Like like anything, people they need a good swift kick before you get them to. To, to do anything, it's it's uh, you got to have some sort of push, uh, and that's usually what we see because they're so uh, kind of taken uh, back from oh I, I got to think you know and that's when we get in there and then and it depends on how much how far we got to dig in but mm-hmm. there's um, you know getting getting in there cleaning up the, the books and getting the clean financials and advising on the on the on the wealth side on on what they what they really need to net from this. From this is it a deal. deep dive or is it just usually sim- usually I mean sometimes again in the, the, the cash flow side I mean it goes all the way to the the personal at the house kind of financials of what kind of liabilities and and spending are they are they doing at the house because that mm-hmm. that's what you got to pay for when you get the the net proceeds from from the sale so you've got to really know what your bogey is okay. uh, again that gives the clarity to the, the the to the negotiation of all right, well, I need at least X amount, you know, any, anything below that, and I gotta go get another job, you know. So um, it, it just it just depends. Sometimes it's not as deep, but a lot of a lot of times when they've come in and they see the power, because the real benefit is is when you sit at that table and you've got everybody working from all those different fronts. Uh, typically, a business owner's got a CPA in Dunwoody, his advisor down in Buckhead, his insurance guy in Alfred, and he's trying to play the telephone game between what that guy told me and oh, I'm supposed uh-huh. to remember to do that. And uh, you're right in the middle of it. Yeah, all. and, and they're, they're trying to they're trying to coordinate their advisors, and they come in with us. They sit down, and everybody's you know everybody's sitting around talking about it, and, and a kind of a thing we don't articulate and talk about enough is how much behind the scenes is we're just walking down the hallway talking about Mr. Jones situation about that business about that transaction and and they never even see that part of it but when we're you know eating lunch and just sitting around the, the conference room table we'll we'll be casually talking about man you what are some ideas that we could do you know what else would be something interesting we could set up we could do we could do a cash balance plan on this we I mean a lot of things that uh that that we we come up with that the client never sees, and we don't do the best job of again articulating that out and telling people that. But it, it just happens just by again by our formation. Your your the CPA is two doors down. Your insurance guy is three doors. I mean, they're, you're in the same hallway. You you eat lunch together, and and those conversations happen. And the, you know the client never sees it. But yeah, when you think about uh, putting a business together and all the facets and how it evolves over time, and then trying to think about exiting uh, from that business, it's got to be uh, just as almost as much energy as it took to get it started. It seems like, yeah. you know, the thought process to think it through and to have somebody like Grandview looking at it holistically from end to end uh, serves a great value. It's yeah. what, it's, what, it's, what well, I'm getting. Plus, when you, it's not your first radio either. It's, it is for them, but it's not for us. So it's, you know, it's, it's we, we, we're able to 
digest it and analyze it a lot better than, like I say, it, when when it happens to a small business owner, it, it engulfs their life. I mean, it's all they will think about. I mean, they, sure. they will be emailing you the next day. They'll be calling. It's all, and, and rightfully so. It's it's the biggest yeah. transaction they're going to go through. Um, most times, I mean, you get some of these serial entrepreneurs that go through a couple of these, but for most people, they've got that one good idea and they need to make it count. And so it it's very important. And, and so they, they, and again, they, they like that one phone call and they're talking to, they're talking to all their folks. Michael McFarland with Grandview and uh, great advice here on uh, if you're a business owner thinking about uh, planning for the future and uh, transitioning your company and uh, all that. Uh, Grandview sounds like a great company to get involved. So an average company that has, let's say, 2 to $15 million, um, in revenues, um, uh, what would be the, the timeline for your involvement in what, what is typically... Uh, if that's a fair question. Yeah, I mean, we, we can get, in, like I say, we can get involved at any at any point because okay. they usually have issues from, you know, their their, their QuickBooks are a mess or, again, their, their retirement plan, they need to set it up because there's, there's two different types of retirement plans for small business owners in terms of a lot of times, especially if they're in a business where you can get a pretty high multiple for the, the business, the retirement plan is the business. I sell this thing. I'm going to I'm going to live off the proceeds. That's that's my quote unquote 401k. That's my retirement plan. Other uh, small business owners are that are in service industries or franchisees or something they can make high high W2K1 wages, but they need to they need to be more um, uh, purposeful on taking that money that they're making and putting it away in, into a 401k or like I mentioned earlier like a cash balance plan, something you can put to to $250,000 when you when you add some of these pension type uh, retirement plans, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more than your typical 401k would give you because they know they can't really get a multiple for that. So they better take that money out of the business while they're making it because there isn't a, a huge windfall at the end uh, because of the type of business they may have. Um, so everybody's, every business is, is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the, for the most part, a lot of them, I mean, it, a lot of them, it depends on what kind of business that they're sure. in. But when we, when we step in it, it's usually from that evaluation to kind of understand. And because, I mean, a lot of people think that they're small business owners and really they're just self-employed people. You know, it's like if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, if I call your your business, is anybody even going to pick up the phone? Because you are the business. There's no layers to it. There's no, and that's not going to make that business worth a whole a whole heck of a lot. So, um, you know, kind of, kind of coaching them up in a way, if you will, and just say, look, you need to put in some staff, some sales, but, you know, so if you get hit by a bus and I call tomorrow, someone picks up, they still do my order, they still process whatever it is I need, and, and that business still operates even though the the owner may be gone. Michael, with your experience at Grandview, do you, do you find that uh, business owners today have to stay involved or do very few, or do any of them get to really walk away cleanly or, you know, how do oh. times change? Uh, it just depends. I tell you, you're going to get more for your business if you can walk away and it operates because the, the buyer wants you out. They, they want your money. They want your cash. They don't want you there. They want all the money that you were making. That's why they're buying the, the business, that they want that cash flow. Um, so if you can do that, if you can step away cleanly and that business still hums, um, great. That's you're, you're, you've got a sellable asset. If not, and this is where the, again, the, the mentality and a lot of things are just behavioral science, but, uh, the small business owner thinks this place wouldn't run if I wasn't here. You guys would be in so much trouble if I wasn't around. That's a problem for you, not for them. Ah. Like, because if, 
if you're gone and that business isn't worth anything, the buyer's surely going to see like this business is him. He's their number one sales guy. He's their number. If if we remove the business owner, this business isn't worth but a couple of da- you know chairs and desks that he's got. I mean it. So a lot of times the the you know the chest pounding. You guys, I'm I'm the I'm, I run this place, you know, and you would be so so screwed if I wasn't here. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's really the one. He just doesn't the, have the long <laughs> enough sight to see it. But uh, but you you want it to hum w- without you. Which every business owner, as they get older, it's what they want because they want to spend six weeks in wherever and you know on the boat, on the yacht, do something in that business to operate. And that's when they know they got something good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Michael. Let's say uh, let's you know how do you how would you like your clients to describe their relationship with Grandview? Um, I would say. Efficient and relaxed, or efficient but relaxed, because we do bring so much of the of the efficiencies, having that one stop type and and the clarity, and it's a lot of sophisticated high end things we're talking about, big numbers, and but I also think it's a very relaxed atmosphere that we have because it does take a lot of the pressure off when you're getting all your answers. You know, that's because that's the biggest thing. You're all you're all worked up. You're you're. You're worried about what this transaction means. You're worried about the, the the taxes. You're worried about all that stuff. And we can relax. We can an- by answering all those questions, the 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 anxiety really starts to to, to come back down. Uh, and so I, I think we really provide a relax because they can come in, relax, knowing that we we've we've got it. Uh, and and going back to the later hosing and beer gardens that we do every Thursday, um, the uh, our environment in in general, we're not real stiff and stodgy and, and, you know, these are high-end planning ideas and we've got CFPs and C- CPAs and all these high-end people. We don't, I think we provide a very comfortable atmosphere, relaxed atmosphere that it, it, it's, it, that puts people at ease and we're, we're not too stiff and, and um, though I'm not dressed like it, but we're not. I should have <laughs> wore jeans like this guy. You can't see him. <laughs> he's, uh, he's crafty. So, uh, all right. Tell our listeners how they can reach out to Grandview, you, and uh, find out more about your organization and contact you to help them with their business. Right. We, uh, we've we got uh, each entity, and it's really just for regulation kind of compliance, the tax and investment business, and they're all separate entities under under one umbrella for Grandview. So we have our, our tax planning websites, grandviewplanninggroup.com, and our investment firm is grandviewstrategic.com. And um, we, I mean, it, we... We're trying to bring it more in on the on the branding side as as much as the uh, our our uh, regulators will let us. But uh, but for the most part, we're we're accessible by by through any of the entities. You can get a hold of any of the partners. Okay, great. Thank you, Michael. Silver Lining in the Cloud, where we talk with business to business, is brought to you by CDI Managed Services. Thank you again to our guests today, Jurgen Genski, uh, Rudy Herbst representing the German American Cultural Foundation, and Michael McFarland with Grandview. We appreciate you all for bringing your business to the community and also for everything you do uh, in helping employment in Atlanta as well. Uh, I'm Dominic Ranney for CDI Managed Services, where we provide outsource IT infrastructure support and cloud computing solutions. To listen to this show and other Silver Lining in the Cloud broadcasts, Go to silverlining.businessradiox.com. And until next time, remember, when it comes to IT solutions, support, and migrating your infrastructure to the cloud, CDI Managed Services is your silver lining in a cloud.